You must chase fulfillment, not money. I think money will come. Anytime I've chased money, the opposite has happened. another edition of Expedition Business, where we talk to inspiring South African entrepreneurs about the highs and lows of their business journey and how on earth they manage to keep the flame of business adventure burning. Because facing your day with a smile is sometimes the toughest thing you have to do. My name is Christelle Rosley Fenter, your host and the one lucky enough to be talking to Mark Collins who is, amongst others, the founder of a very famous Otter Trail Run. But before I introduce Mark to you, I would like to remind you to subscribe, like, comment and share this podcast with as many of your friends and family as possible. Without your help, we cannot continue to share the amazing stories of our South African entrepreneurs. But back to why we are here today. Mark Collins is the organizer of the number one trail running event in South Africa. Expedition racer, motivational speaker, and passionate conservationist. And I happened to have bumped into Mark on our day four of our otter hike while he and his team was busy doing a recce run for the upcoming otter trail run. Mark, it is an absolute honor to have you as a guest on Expedition Business. Thanks so much, Christelle. It's, it's good to chat to you, and it was a great meeting on the Otter Trail. From what I can gather, you were born in northern Namibia, moved through Northern Cape, matriculated in KwaZulu-Natal Midlands, and has made the Southern Cape your home. This does not sound like a recipe for inspiring a traditional behind-the-desk job. No, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I don't, you know, you, you wonder how much influence your early days have, have on your life. And, you know, my, my first horizons, you know, my, my parents were living in a caravan in, in Namibia. My father was a geologist mm -hmm. and we were living on site and our, our nearest neighbors were, were five miles away. Wow. Um, the farmer, who was the farmer. So... You know, my first uh, sort of five years of my life, uh, I didn't know what it felt like to live in a town. And, you know, we lived uh, with endless horizons. And uh, that still is, 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 you know, the thing that I sort of seek the most mm -hmm. <laughs> is uh, an endless horizon. Uh -huh. Somewhere I saw your dad built a yacht in the middle of a desert. Yes, yeah. No, that's, uh, my, my dad did. He built a trimer and he, he was fascinated by, by sailing. Um, he, he, he grew up in, in Johannesburg and then he was all, always wanting to be out. So he was out from a, a, his student days. He worked as a, as a prospector up in Lesotho looking for diamonds and he, he developed an interest in geology and studied geology, became a geologist. But he was always fascinated by the ocean without having an ounce of experience. So um, five, I think we were 700 kilometers away from, from Walfus Bay. Mm -hmm. He built a yacht in the middle of the desert there, a trimaran that he had got plans from. Um, he had contacted this guy uh, through a magazine and, and managed to get some plans for this yacht. And he built a yacht in the middle of the desert and ended up sailing it across the, the Atlantic with, you know, with three other friends, none of them having any deep ocean experience. 
Um, yeah, what, a, what an incredible adventure. Oh, wow. And I assume that is where you and your brother got all your adventurous spirit from. Yeah, uh, you never know how much of, of who you are is genetic and how much is nature, nurture, you know, how much is your life influence. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, definitely. We developed an ability from him to read maps. That's one thing. Sure. <laughs> that yeah. does mm. help. And I assume I see one of the adventure sports that you have completed is the Camel Trophy. I assume reading maps does help there. Yeah, no, map reading helped us a lot um, to get into the Camel Trophy. It was, it was very, our South African selections in those days were very competitive. Uh, we had a rigorous selection phase, and John and I managed eventually to get through it um, and become the South African team. That was in 98, so that's 25, just 26 years ago. Sure. But map reading was a big part of that. So, yes, our, our map reading you know, ability stood us in, in, in good stead in yeah. the past. Uh, you know, that, that basically with GPSs these days, it's a useless skill. For most people, there's uh, very few applications, but uh, we found them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I see that there is a couple of adventure races where you're not allowed to use GPSs. You still have to work on a map. Yes, no, very much so. That's one of the great things about, about adventure racing and, and, you know, being able to, you know, it does test your ability to read a map. And then later on in the race, it tests your ability to, to read a map when your brain's not functioning, when you haven't had any sleep and you're exhausted, which is also quite a thing to, to, to try and to try and master how yeah. well it doesn't look like you guys have a problem with that but mark just quickly have you ever thought of doing anything else in your life except being part of an adventure sport industry no absolutely i have i have um thought a lot you know i mean i, I like i think like a lot of people you 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 are pressurized to to follow a more conventional life and that pressure is tremendous um you know from people who, you know, not well from society, but generally from people who, who want the best the best for you, they they all see, um, you know, the safe path as as being, you know, pe people who love you don't want to see you get hurt uh -huh. and, and always want you to take the safe path, you know, and, and uh, yeah, so I've, I've often thought about doing other things, but uh, it seems that the only things I can be successful about, you know, in are the things that, that I have a, a base passion for. Well, the clever people reckon that if you love what you're doing, you don't have to work for a day in your life. I assume that's true for you. Well, I wish I wish it was. I mean, a lot of the time it, it has felt like work for me. You know, a lot of the time I love what I'm doing. But, you know, when you when you turn a business and you, you have bills to pay and you have responsibilities to people and people's safety is at hand, it, you know, you do feel pressure. And, and it, it can feel like a lot of pressure at times. I think I, I don't. I certainly haven't discovered uh, that that key to not working a day in your life. I wish I had. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, there there are a lot of times where my life has felt like a lot of hard work. So uh, I don't. I, I I can't say I, I've experienced that. Okay, but you don't only organise for Otter Trail. You're also involved in a couple of other events and other sports. Yes. So initially our business, you know, we were involved with Camel Trophy and one of the sponsors of the Camel Trophy in those days was Land Rover and they, and they went on to, to the sponsor or produce a whole lot of incredible events. And we were lucky enough to be involved in those on, you know, all over the world. And, and, you know, we, I think we visited John and I counted something like 50 countries in the space of just a few years uh, with, with those events. And, um, and then from that, we, we launched our business in South Africa, also working very closely with Land Rover, which was a, a fantastic brand for us to work with and we we really really had a and that, that was our, our main business in those days and we had a 
a good time. We were working with very good people in that company and, and a good relationship. And, and we, had, we were lucky enough to have a very good start to our business that way um, in those early years until the sort of financial crash in 2008, mm-hmm. which uh, changed everything. And we, we had to reinvent ourselves after that. And that's when we branched out into other events. You know, we started looking at things that we were doing. Um, you know, our passion was always these endurance events, adventure racing. Those were mm-hmm. the things we did for fun, trail running. Uh, trail running then wasn't a sport. You know, mm-hmm. we, we certainly didn't know of anyone who did any trail running events. And so when we started out to, to put on the otter as a run, um, you know, the, the, the actual making it a trail run was an afterthought. You know, it was just starting to take off trail running. And and that's 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 how we branched out into, into other events. And then we, you know, we we put on a, a range of different events. We carried on doing a few of uh, uh, you know launches every now and then for Land Rover. We carried on. Uh, we did some competitions for the Men's Health magazine. We did a wonderful event in Plettenberg Bay called the Sabrina Love Ocean Challenge, a, a big event um, with 14 different activities mm-hmm. um, over the December period. We did the Featherbed Trail Run. We did a night series of trail runs around the country. So many, many different events that we sort of uh, initially just did out of out of fun and passion, and eventually had to turn to them to to our core, to become our core business. And mm-hmm. and the art is actually the one that that has sort of taken off and and people's imagination you know far and wide mm-hmm. um, and become our, our flagship very much so but you've mentioned John a couple of times he's obviously a very big part of your team yes John John uh, you know is my brother younger brother we've obviously uh, walked this journey together we we've adventure raced together we've uh, did the camel trophy together and we've and we've been in, in business together um, and, you know, an integral part, he's the better navigator out of the two of us. And I say that very begrudgingly, uh-huh. but he is, and he's probably the better athlete as well, although he does have a few years on me. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, we, we've done a lot of things together and, and we know each other very well. And we, you know, we communicate effortlessly, which frustrates a lot of people because mm-hmm. um, we just, you know, like cavemen with a few grunts, we can. Uh-huh. <laughs> understand each other where the rest of the people around us can't uh-huh. yeah but uh he's uh he, him and i have gone a long way together okay and i suppose you never fight oh no no on the contrary we fight all the time no you know we are i sort of play devil's advocate when we navigating and john john is has, has, a, has a brilliance there and i sort of you know i see the best navigators in the world going in one direction in a race and john says no we're going the other way and uh, and I sort of I find that very hard to accept, and and more often than not he, he gets us ahead that way. But I do I do play devil's advocate, and then we can have harsh words uh, every now and then. Okay, but in business, <clears throat> do you always get along in the decisions of how to make money, how to put food on the table? No, I think there's you know it's important to have different points of view. We have had some very very different points of view and we have diff- different we sort of have different strengths and different weaknesses um and and we cover each other john john is very much a hands-on guy he, he likes to get get stuck over it whereas i t- tend to try and take the bigger picture and, and keep an overview on things mm-hmm. uh and and often we have you know we have disagreed and and you know there is no clear path it's never it's never cut and dry and uh and you know i don't think anybody is right all the time in fact i think yeah, most people are wrong most of the time Except and you. it's to try except me yeah <laughs> no no i'm i've definitely have been been wrong uh, more than i've been right but 
Yeah, and talking of that, it's never. I think we've never. It's so important a business. A business that's not making money is not viable. It's 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 not it's not uh, you know. But it's never seemed like that. It's about you know. It's always we've always focused on on what we delivering rather than what we're getting in. Um, and uh, I think I don't know if that's right either. But that's been our the way we've we've always thought is you know are we actually what are we giving to other people what are you know. That's that's what that's where the focus has been. Mm, mm. And you also speaking about giving back to other people. You're very very passionate about conserving the environment, making a difference, leaving a place better than what it was before. Yes, um, very, very much so. So you know, uh, one one of the things uh, you know, and I was I was actually traveling with John in a car and we were coming up uh, and we saw the sign on the side of the road it said game game reserve and we looked across at this uh, you know piece of uh, refurbished farmland that people were trying to run some sort of uh, tourist activity on and John said to me you know my idea of a game reserve is something that goes beyond the mountains back there and that's always stayed with me you know we the thing about having lived you know I'm, I'm 55 now you know so half a century is, is I've seen massive changes Mm. Um, you know, um, and, and, and spaces, our wild spaces are under incredible pressure. Mm. I mean, we, we, in, in the time that I've been alive, we've lost 80% of our wild lions, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is, is huge. And that's, it doesn't seem like I've been alive that long, but I have seen mm. massive changes and it does worry me. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm a, we're a part of it. Every, every one of us, we all have an impact. We all, we all consume, mm-hmm. uh, we all can try to consume, um, you know, and, and, make ourselves comfortable in this world and and that that has a price to it and that price you know it seems to be affected in our wild places quite a lot and so for me i i, I desperately need to know that there's a big expanse of of, of wilderness out there mm. um and uh, that's you know that's that's where i see you know heaven <laughs> and um so so it concerns me a lot the impact that we are having and and, and i feel conflicted you know about my lifestyle and about the things we do all the time. I mm. question them. And um, I think about my mom. She, you know, she brought us up, she'd take us to the beach. Um, I've, I often tell the story during the otter and she would make us pick up other people's litter, you know, which was always embarrassing and a nuisance. But she said the beach is now better because we were there. Wow. And, um, and I thought, you know, if, if you can, if you can say that a place or a community or something is, is better because you were there, that's, that's about the best thing you can do. As a, as a human being because you were there mm, and so it's 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 not easy to, to do that it's, it's very easy to say that it's mm-hmm. not easy to do that because we do all have an impact but I think that's that's sort of like something I, I would aspire to, mm-hmm. to to be I must say while you're talking I was thinking back to our otter hiking trip and there is so much debris that washes out from the ocean it is super sad to see that's that's another thing that that has changed a lot, you know. In in, in the time that I've been down here in Nizen on the coast, is the amount of debris that comes out of the ocean, is 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 just, you know, it, it was it was very little. Well, it obviously was there, but you know, it was it was nothing like it is now. I've got a little rock climbing project here in Nizen that we go visit, and it involves a scramble around the coast. And there's a small little cove. It's very small, and it takes me about an hour usually to pick up all the debris that collects there. And so once every every while I'll I'll take a big uh, sheet of um, shade net down there and I'll fill it with debris and then haul that shade net back and then I separate it sometimes just to have a look at what what type of debris what type of plastics and things are washed up there. 
but it becomes, I went there yesterday and I had a look at it and that cove is, you know, I cleaned it out spotless, took out every little piece of plastic I could find out of there. And now it's just choked again with, with plastic just in such a short space of time. Wow. And it, 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 it's hard to remain positive and optimistic, you know, you've, when you, you see all the work that you've done, undone so easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, what about the trail run where the focus is on how much debris you can pick up on your way? And the winner is the one with the biggest bag of debris. Yeah, no, that's that's an idea. We've thought about doing something similar uh, with that. But um, yeah, uh, you know, on the Arctic Trail Run, we we do talk very much about about leaving the trail better than you find it. And um, you know, if uh, we've got like in, in in rugby, you know, they've got this yellow card system where it doesn't matter who starts the fight. It's if you come in afterwards, you get the yellow card. Mm. And it's the same. You cannot run past a piece of litter. The guy in front may have dropped it, but he might have dropped it by mistake, you know. So you have to pick it up because running past it is is the actual, the actual penal it's, it's the actual penalizable offence. So you know, you, yeah, it, I think once you start doing that, you know, you, you you struggle to actually run past a piece of litter, mm. and it's quite nice to go to places where people do have that ethic. And I think that's one of the rewarding things about trail running is, is as a sport, the people generally have a very high environmental ethic, mm-hmm. and and do do pick okay. up wherever they go okay it sort of reminds me somewhere you've done a presentation at the otto where you had a triangle with trail runners at the top of a triangle on top of normal people <laughs> would that be something mm-hmm. similar apart from trail runners being faster and having more endurance do they also pick up more litter along the way I had, I had experience once, you know, trail running is a new sport. So a lot, in, in, initially, a lot of the people who started with the trail running were guys, people who did adventure racing uh, or other sports from the mountains before that. But a lot of people are coming over from, from road running now, which is fantastic. I mean, it's really fantastic. But some of the trail runs that we put on, the easier ones where you get a, a bigger a sort of participation base, I've noticed what a big difference my briefing makes. So we, I, I don't give a, if I forget for whatever reason, uh, you know, we get pressurized something and I don't my environmental briefing, we do have large amounts of litter left out on the trail where people just drop stuff, which, mm. you know, is, is ab- absolutely incredible to me that you could actually think to do that. Mm. So I, I've noticed uh, that, that's where I sort of noticed that trail runners by and large, you know, I mean, most of the trail runners I know would be mortified to drop a piece of litter you know, to be running with people. You know, if I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I run with my friends and by mistake I drop something, there'll be great pleasure in picking it up and showing me what I dropped. Uh-huh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Mark, just getting back to the business side of what you're doing, you've got some serious sponsors on the Otter. How important is mm. sponsors in keeping your business alive? Sponsors is, is actually critical. You know, it, it, it is quite competitive out there. And there are other trail runs, there are other, a lot of other events out there, and, and a lot of them being done really well and at a, at a very high level. And, you know, our participants have a, have a choice of what events they want to do and, and what they aspire to do. You, you've got to come in at a, at a price that's competitive. You can't, you know, just push your prices completely out there. And, and with the Otter, if we didn't have a sponsor, uh, our, our entry fee wouldn't cover the cost of, of the event. So it, it wouldn't happen. Our sponsors are critical. And they also, you know, when, when you're under pressure financially, you, you don't always make the best decisions for an event. And, and I always say, you know, that's one of, 
one of the one of the things I do is with with the crew is I, I take people that I really respect and I put them on our crew and I give them the independence to make decisions regarding people's safety and regarding the environment that is independent of the finances of the event. So they don't have to think about that because in the back of your mind, as as as, as the business person, you will inevitably think about what wow, what is this going to cost me? Mm-hmm. And and is this going to am I going to be able to pay the bills at the end of this event? That's that goes through your mind. Mm-hmm. But I must just give you some context. We we are very fortunate position is that we have had big group, the, the Faces Group, buy into the Otto African Trail and or buy into Magnetic South. They bought into our company Magnetic South, uh, and they brought a lot of a lot of expertise in terms of engaging with sponsors and bringing sponsors on board. And that was a, a critical intervention, especially after after COVID, uh, in making making our events con, you know continue to be viable. Okay. Because one of the things we always struggled with um, down here in Nizhny is we we were far away from the big corporates, mm. and and so many of these relationships these relationships need to be tended to you know on a on a on a monthly if not a weekly basis, and so being in Nizhny we got quite tired of our trips to Johannesburg to you know we'd come up every quarter and then it became every half and then it became once a year and then you know we we, we actually weren't very good at that that side of the business, and it is a very very important part of the business. And so this year we've got sponsors that are absolutely fanatical about our event. They're fanatical about what we do and what we stand for. And it's it's been a it's been really a really one of the best periods of the Otto African Trail Run in that regard. Your expenses are pretty high. I think one of my questions that I had for you when I met you on the Otto was the Otto Trail Run is one of the most expensive races, and you started explaining how expensive everything is to run yes yeah no uh, look i mean it it all adds up you know if you start an event and you put up a, a flag at each end and, and you stand there with a clipboard uh, but as soon as you you start bringing in in highly skilled people you know we got to cross blow class and get you know 650 people safely across blow class you need you need guys and you need to have your team there they have to be guys that can make the big decisions and, and, and execute that safety in, in all conditions. Um, and, and there are not that many people out there that can do that. So you bring in a skilled team. Everybody we put on the trail has to be a, a runner, um, a trail runner. Uh, otherwise, we end, they end up being a liability for us. So your whole crew, your entire staff, which is, is in the hundreds, you know, needs to, needs to be, you know, trail runners. Um, you then, as soon as you start putting up marquee tents and if you put in a floor to your tent and if you get uh, professional photographers out there and professional videographers and editing teams, all of these things slowly, slowly add up and suddenly you, you, you're sitting with a sort of financial monster and, um, and that's, yeah, you know, when, once you start, you know, doing things properly, it, it adds up. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like organizing a school event. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> not and at definitely all. not no. always fun and games. No, uh, as you know, some of the years, is, and I, I think you know, on the business side of it, when you when you stress to to make an event financially viable, you know, uh, the fun the fun actually goes out of it. Mm. Um, and and some of the years of the art, I really felt that the fun had gone out of out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were just straining to put on something that we were proud of and, and, and quality, which we, we always strove because it's been our absolute passion. But, you know, at the end of it, it's, it's heartbreaking if you, you end up costing you more than you've actually, you know, you've actually taken in. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes in business that happens. That, uh, that happens to every business, I think. You know? It does happen to most businesses mm-hmm. at some point in time. But how do you get over those low points? 
I think, you know, everything in life, you know, you've, you've got to sit down. And I think that's also part of the, the rewarding side of it. You know, if, if, it, if it's easy, it wouldn't mean anything is you've got to sit down and analyze what's actually happening and, and where, you know, and, 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 and get, get a different perspective and, and, and try to see where you're adding value and where you, where, where you perhaps not adding much value, but it's costing you a lot. Mm. Those are those are key things, and there are a lot of things that you actually hang on to that you don't need to hang on to. I, I find, you know, I, I one of the things I, I love is climbing. I do a lot of rock climbing, and you know how you can get confronted with something that is seemingly impossible, and you slowly work the project, which is the, the fun part about it. And you try it from different angles, and you try different things, and eventually, you know, you eventually get to do something that that a few days before or a few weeks before seemed absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, I think that that for me is so much like business. You actually sometimes hit a, what you think is a stone wall, and you prod things down, and you say, "Well, have we explored this? Have we explored this relationship? Isn't this costing us too much?" And you you know you can slowly these things, these things can be worked out. Mm. Um, and I think everything can be worked out, you know. Uh, and I think that is the, probably the rewarding part of of it. Okay. Ultimately, although it doesn't, it can often seem frustrating at the time. Yes, but I suppose it does help to have. A whole lot of partners. Yeah, I think you know partners and 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 big thinkers. You know, if you have access, and I think with the Otter African Trail Runyon and the and the people we've met over the years, we have access to to some people who, who've got a very elevated perspective on things, and have been been in the trenches and been above, and they can tell you. Yeah, I think I think that helps a lot when you've got you know more people looking at a at a, at a challenge. Mm-hmm. Definitely helps a lot. Except no. for sitting on your own and trying to figure out everything on your own. No, you've got to be careful. We we're social animals, and and you you know you can get yourself into a hole very quickly if you if you take the wrong the wrong attitude and you start feeling sorry for yourself. Uh-huh. It's probably the easiest thing in the world is to dig yourself a hole. Absolutely, mm. although it is difficult thinking of you sitting in a hole. No, no. <laughs> no I've, I've sat in a lot of holes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sat and sulked in a lot of holes. <laughs> but I suppose, as you mentioned, you do get out of them. What makes you feel on top of the world when it comes to your business? Uh, you know, um, probably the best feeling I get is at, at the prize giving, the, the final prize giving of the otter, uh, when everyone is safely off the course and all the staff are back there. And and you just see the fulfilment in in the people that are coming up to get their medals, get their prize, or, or be at the finish line. And you see, you see the people, the absolute fulfilment. You know, people getting so emotional, and 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 you facilitate that experience. I mean, it's obviously all them getting getting from you know from the start to the finish line, and all the training and and the years of of endeavour to to finish an event like the Otter. But the fact that you're a part of it and you facilitate that, that gives you a, a tremendous feeling, you know, that you've actually made a difference in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. I think that is probably, you know, that, 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 is, that, is, that is value. And, and those are the times when I feel we, we are actually adding value as, as a company um, and as a business. So that, 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 that is a wonderful feeling. And especially, I think, you know, my biggest stress is, is uh, somebody getting hurt on, on one of our events. That's probably one of the things that stresses me out the most. And we do a lot mm-hmm. to counter that. And so, you know, once I can only sort of experience all the other emotions once everybody, once that sort of thing is taken care of and you know everybody's safely, safely back with their loved ones. Mm. Wow. I'm just thinking while you're talking, I suppose every single person taking part in the auto have got their own 
personal stories of why they are there, and especially the backrunners trying just I to think get ev- over everybody. the everybody. No, that's what we've learned. Everybody has a everybody has a story. Everybody has a struggle. The, the front runners, the back runners, they've all got other things going on in their lives. This is just one one aspect of their lives, and 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 all of them have have sacrificed to to be there. Sacrificed time. They've they've all they're all running a, a journey, and um, yeah, and that's one of the things that that we learned. You know, sometimes in you know. Uh, inadvertently you you whatever reason have to engage with one of your participants beyond beyond the event and you learn how interesting other people's lives are and how much how much this something like this can mean um you know and, and that's that's also one of the fascinating things about us human you know people need to do hard things I, i've just learned that you know in, in life you've got to do hard things because that's where fulfillment comes from you know for, we all seek those wonderful holidays in the sun where we relax and that but there's there's very little fulfilling in that mm-hmm. you know people want to do do hard hard things where you actually in the moment are probably not enjoying what you do um we had a wonderful thing just yesterday one of our good friends one of the people that used to work for our company ran the otter and they got to the finish line they, they left a message on our phone yesterday but they said that they got to the finish line of the otter and they said never again <laughs> This was so much harder than they thought. Never, never, ever again. And they phoned us uh, on the message. They said yesterday they entered next year's auto already. Okay. Um, and and I, I look at back at my adventure racing career and, and the times in the mountains when I'm stuck and cold and, and you know, my fingers are numb and bleeding. And, and all you want to do is go back to that warm, cozy couch. Mm. Um, but those are, those are the meaningful times in life. And I think, you know, that's one of the great things about the, this this event and and the, and the business that we have been in is, is is although it's not always fun, we do we do give a lot of meaning to people. Mm-hmm. You know, people take a lot of meaning out of doing what we what we sort of challenge them to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know of people who put all sorts of photos on their phones just to keep on being motivated to train for the auto one day. Yeah, I think also that's that's the thing. It's you know the artist just. Uh, the final, you know, couple of hours of a long, of a year-long journey for a lot of people, and and hopefully a very fantastic and meaningful journey, where you you better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But just on the other spectrum of it, I had a conversation earlier this week with someone who believes that trail running is only an elite sport. What's your opinion on this? Well, I think it's definitely, you know, because of the the cost of putting on events, there's there is definitely pro- prohibitive costs uh, for a lot of a lot of people out there. But uh, I think, in, you know, in terms of participating in events, but I don't I don't think, you know, it, it didn't it certainly didn't start that way, and it 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 isn't, you know, I mean, a lot of, you know, people in this country have have access to incredible trails. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, have to run to school and back, and that that is essentially a lot of you know where 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 our oxygen should lie with those those people. If we can get them in, into trail running, into trail running events, you know that, that'll be fantastic. But um, I certainly think you know it, the, the events cost a lot more uh, because you go into areas that are are um, you know where, where there is an entry fee attached or where there are are regulations. It's un, it's not like uh, uh, you have to put them on a road. So I think they're the, the events tend to be a lot more expensive, and and I, I definitely think there is an element to that is that is prohibitively expensive for a lot of people to get into mm. to trail running. 
but at its essence, that's not 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 what it is at all. I think you know, if you look at like living in, in Cape Town, if you can get onto the mountain, you can have the most incredible experience for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you get to the base of the mountain, that's probably where the prohibitive costs come in, or for for a lot of people. But once you're on that mountain, you can have the most incredible uh, runs. And, and and here in 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 the garden route as well, you know, we've got forests trails available. You know, so many of them through Cape Nature and and South African National Parks that are very cost very little money, and if you've got a wild card, they cost even less, mm-hmm. and you can get onto them and have the most. I, I think for me, probably one of the mo- best experiences there is to go for. My my favourite thing uh, is to go for a run around Roburg, and it you know I've got a wild card, so if you add up what it costs me for the year, it's just about nothing, mm-hmm. and I just have the most incredible experience. So compared to other things in life, that is probably one of the least expensive things I, I can do. And in terms of value for money, it is by far the highest. It is probably no matter if I was a, you know, a billionaire, it would, it would be the thing I would still do above everything else is my, my sort of weekly run around Roburg. I think the experience itself, although events might be very expensive, the experience itself of, of, of trail running is not a, compared to what if the value you get out of it is not, is not very, um, very high at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm just thinking I'm pretty much in Joburg, south of Joburg, and we've got so many nice trails very close to us. And getting out on those trails is just completely different to run in the streets. You completely forget about where you are and all your pains and frustrations of a day if you're on the trail. Yeah, no, that that's my experience as well. Um, you know, and I, I definitely, I, I mean, running is running. I love, I love running at all. You know, I've run my whole life, so I, I'd be the last person to knock to take a knock at road running at all. And I rode, but the, I definitely have a, a different experience when I'm in nature. Um, you know, the focus changes completely. I, I, I always say, you know, like Robert in the forest, I've never had a bad run, although I must have been sore physically out there i just i just feel more energized and my the focus is not on what's going on inside me it's it's more about where i am mm. so I, I, it's such a you know yes it, it does cost a bit of money to get out there sometime and you know not everyone has the means and access to to move around and get to these these wonderful places but value for money in terms of other things like i, I find uh you know johannesburg things cost a lot everything costs a lot you know mm-hmm. um and I think trail running is probably one of the least costful when you compare it to, to a lot of things up there. Well, absolutely. And it's less stressful than watching the Springboks playing rugby. Oh, gosh. Let's not even go there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just... I'm, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> Just quickly, a couple of other things that I've heard from people, and it's definitely not my view is that most of the races are not governed by ASA and they believe there's lots of opportunity for doping taking place. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I, 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 I know a lot of the elite runners and I would be flabbergasted at, uh, you know, if any of our elites that I know were, were, were involved in, in doping. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely sure, and I, I, I know of cases um, in in Europe where there there has been doping. Um, I actually know of runners that that have been caught doping. You know, human human beings um, do do cheat, very sadly, uh, and um, so I'm sure it does take place. Uh, but I think, you know, in, I don't think it's it's, it's really 
that prevalent, uh, certainly among our top trail runners at the moment in South Africa. I would be I would be very surprised if it is. Mm. Uh, and I think in the bigger competitions in Europe, uh, doping is is very uh, checked and controlled. Okay. And your opinion on whether trial running should be more governed by ASA? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think the governing body has to come independent uh, or has to, you know, it might have to fall under Athletic South Africa at some stage, but it has to first be formed by by people who have, you know, but because of the where it comes from and, and, and that it takes place out in nature and in, in the environment, it's it, it's a whole different dimension. And I believe that has to be the foundation. Um, so it, it's got, you know, the sporting considerations um, have to come second or third to the environmental considerations and um, the safety considerations of trail running. Um, so, uh, you know, I've often seen a lot of marathon clubs put on trail runs and, and the way they've put it on has been, uh, has left a lot to be desired in terms of the environmental ethos mm-hmm. and in terms of just managing, um, you know, the, the safety. I think you, you do need uh, a lot of um, experience to have, you know, you can't put the same people who you could man in a marathon out on a trail run. It just it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um you have to have specialists. The the mobility of your team out in the field has to be, uh, you know, is, is of such a critical component to the participant's safety, and um, and as I say, the environment. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you know, ultimately, you know, worldwide, you probably do need a governing body uh, to maintain the sport, and but it's it's got to be something you enter into with a lot of caution. You cannot take the template of of of, of organising road races and put it onto trail running in any way. Um, it's it's just too different. Mm. That definitely makes sense. But in the meantime, there's a lot of races popping up left, right, and center. Do you think there's still space in the South African environment to make money from trail running? Yes, absolutely. I think you know, uh, uh, there's there's the sport has just grown phenomenally, uh, and I think. You know, there's there is definitely scope. I think it'll it'll continue to grow. More people that get exposed to it. Uh, I know so many people who've only been exposed to it in the last sort of three years. COVID, funnily enough, was such a big instigator uh, with people getting out and doing tra- running and 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 outdoor sports in general. I think uh, you know there is going to be a big a bigger shift and still a lot of momentum uh, towards more people getting out in nature, uh, doing things like climbing, adventure racing, and, and particularly more trail running which is, is is more easily accessible but i think there's there's a lot of scope okay that's very good to know mark just quickly we've mentioned the holes that you find yourself in from time to time what fun and exciting ways except for your rock climbing and your running do you use to regroup and refocus and rejuvenate your business soul i think uh you know, humor is, is so undervalued. Um, you know, learning to laugh, to see the funny side of anything and learning to laugh at yourself. But uh, as I was saying, uh, humor is, 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 and I've learned, and I've learned this from the adventure racing, you know, when, when times are tough, you know, and, and that just being able to, to, to find the, the situation humorous, no matter how appalling it is, 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 is of such benefit um, to your mindset. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the big things. I think talking to people is very important. I've learned that I'm, I'm not a, a person who easily opens up. I, I, I tend to, to close close down, but that's probably the worst thing you can do. 
when you're in a hole is, is actually talk to people and having a network of people that you can talk to is, 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 is key. Um, your wife be part of that network? Yes, no, definitely. Uh, but I think it's also important to, you know, my wife and I, we do business together and we do a lot of things together. I think it's important to also have outside perspectives. You know, people who don't necessarily uh, share your your disappointments with the same intensity you do or are not as affected by it, to get their perspectives and talk to them about it and find out you now that everybody, everybody on this planet has challenges in every aspect of their lives. And you're not alone, and and some people cope with it, and, and you know, and some people don't, and and the people that cope with it have ways of seeing things, and also giving giving perspective. Perspective is such an important thing, you know, because you can, you know, the first thing about being in a hole is you've lost perspective. Mm. Mm. That's that's what the hole is. Yeah. Okay. Would you consider seeing somebody like a business coach, or would that not be part of your makeup? <laughs> Yes, I ha I have done that, and and again also with great uh, reluctance, or I have sort of been pushed into into doing that. People have sort of people I I respect have have sort of said no, see this person, speak to this person. Um, so I think there's a lot of a lot of value in that, um, definitely. Okay, so and if you could be 20 years old again, and you could change anything, what would that be? I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could go back to myself and and just say, you know, just get rid of this 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 idea that you have to be somebody else for for anybody else. You know, you know, when you when you're 20, you actually, it, it, you know, you're in such a strong position in terms of you 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 can't really let anyone but yourself down. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got an an immense amount of freedom. You don't, you know, you you shouldn't have the responsibilities of. Of a, of a spouse, a partner, or a, or a, um, a children, you know, which are the big the big things that you you do, you know, once you commit to those sort of things, you you have you have really big responsibilities. So when you when you're 20, you don't have those, and that's that's an immense amount of power and freedom to to go and find out who you are, and to follow the things that that you you're interested in, you know. And I, I wasn't. It, it took me until my late 20s before I finally found out that the only way I was going to be successful at anything was when I started doing things that I was really interested and passionate about and mm -hmm. um, you know the things that 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 would you'd lie awake and at night and, and and you know your palms would sweat with excitement those those are the things that that you know and it doesn't matter what they are unfortunately those are the things where you're going to find uh, you're going to find the energy to to make a success mm -hmm. from those things the things that bore you that frustrate you that you know those are the things that uh yeah, well, certainly in my experience, that's those are those are not the places where you should go and, and seek to make a living. <laughs> uh -huh. Even if that is what everyone says, wherever money is. Hmm. Yeah, especially I, I think you know, and also chasing chasing money, you must chase fulfillment, not money. I think money will come. If you chase money, I don't know. Uh, certainly, I, I, you know, any time I've chased money, <laughs> the opposite has happened. When I made decisions trying to chase money, it, you know, I've ended up poorer. Mm -hmm. Sounds life, very you know. familiar. <laughs> Do you yeah. ever get time to read? Do you have some books that's I'll, close I'll, to your... Yeah, yeah. No, I read. A, I, I read a lot. I've actually gone through about six months now where I've been reading a lot less than I normally do. But I normally devour probably two, two or three books a month. Okay. Yeah, I love. I love reading. So, what would be your mm. favorite book? Do you ever read books on business, on entrepreneurship? I do. 
I do, but you know, I prefer to read somebody who's done it rather than a book about how to do it. Um, you know, somebody I prefer to actually read a, a biography of somebody who's who's made a success and try to take their own lessons from that rather than have them condensed into some sort of five points or ten points that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not one. I have got a lot of them, but I, I've started to go off these sort of motivational books. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like reading books about people who've done things and, and try and understand what drove them and what they did and how they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, those those are the the sort of things that I really that really grip me and, and inspire me. I suppose Shoe Dog would have been one of your books that you've read. Yes, I. I enjoyed Chew Dog very much, but um, probably the best book I've ever read is um, A Ship of Gold in a Deep Blue Sea. Okay. Um, by, uh, I, think, I think the author was Gary, Gary Kindler or something like that. Okay. Um, and that was, that was, it's a book written in two parts. It's about a shipwreck and um, gold and treasure that was recovered at a depth that had never been recovered before. And um, <clears throat> the, the sort of um, the guy who the book's about uh, just refuses to see anything as an obstacle. He just he just overcomes every challenge and develops these um, these uh, robotic underwater submarines, submersibles that go down, and uh, and he develops them with a fraction of the cost of of everybody else. And eventually, he he makes the biggest treasure haul that at that point in time had ever been done. Uh, and I I love that book. I probably read it, I probably read it four or five times. Okay, something that you still want to do in the future, get involved in. Yeah, my my sort of I'm I'm at a time where I'm changing. I I, I definitely want to do more involved in 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 conservation, in rewilding, um, in convincing you know people with big tracts of land to pull fences down, mm-hmm. to get um to get big big herds of game migrating again. I think that 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 is key to restoring ecological balance. Um. To get migrations going wherever we can, um, yeah. So those are those are those are my passion. You know, create more wild landscapes or restore more wild landscapes. Okay. Yeah. It was actually my next question. What would be the metaphorical mountains that you still want to climb in the next three to five years? Would that be part of it? Yeah, I think so. Very much so. Uh, a, a guy I looked up to was Dr. Dr. Anthony Hall Martin, who was. Mm-hmm. Um, instrumental in starting in Africa parks and um, uh, you know I actually had the fortune of, of meeting him and I, I know I know he's some of his family members very well um, yeah to to try my mountain would be to try and and and, and, and you know no ways that I could but have some sort of legacy that uh, would be in that direction well work towards something like that mm. apart from helping so many people reaching all their trail running dreams yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think uh, I, w- I had such a nice experience the other day on my run around Robert. I was having, I was feeling sorry for myself, a little bit of a hole because I've pulled both my calf muscles okay. um, somehow, and and it's so unfair that life would treat me like that. So oh. I was, I was thinking about it and 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 running around Robert, and I bumped into a guy. There was hardly anyone on the on the mountain at that stage, and I went past, and, and a guy said to me, "Hey, Mark Collins," and he recognised me. He was one of the guys who ran the Otter a few years ago. He said, "It's so nice to see you in your natural environment." Anyway, I, I thought, yeah, and it, it's amazing how a little greeting like that changed my perspective on my run and my day. So I had a, a wonderful run around Robbergan. On the way back, he, I, I bumped into him again, and he actually ran to court to catch up with me, and he came 
he came next to me and he said, I remember something you said in the briefing of the Otter three years ago. He said, you must leave a place better than you found it. Mm-hmm. And he said, me and my girlfriend, his girlfriend was Canadian. He said, wherever we go, that's what we do now. Okay. And it was such a, for me, that was such a thrill, you know, um, and such a thrill that, that this guy had taken the time to actually chase me down and, and, and tell me that. Wow. Oh. Well, so it's nice to know you have you have you have a little bit of an impact somewhere. <laughs> and you definitely have left a legacy already. Little one, little one, hopefully. <laughs> no. I think my mom left the legacy. <laughs> yeah. So inspirational quotes, would that be part of your makeup? Yeah, I think um I think uh, what one I like is um t- Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, um the American president who said the the credit, uh, you know, it's not the critic who counts. I think that's very applicable in, in life these days. I think um, people get criticized on a, on a scale that's unprecedented these days from all angles for everything they try. And I think to, to remember that for people who are trying things, that it's not the critic who counts. It's the, it's the person who's actually doing the, doing the things. The person who's in the arena, I think the way Teddy Roosevelt says, credit belongs with the, the person who's, I can't remember exactly how the quote goes, but he's, you know, got blood on his face and mud on his face. Okay. Mark, just quickly for anyone who want to start a business, especially in the trail running or just in the health industry, what would be your message to them? I think, uh, you know, you must look at, at, at what, uh, what, where you, where you envisage going. You've got to, um, you know, what, what what do you see yourself doing, and how how do you how do you how do you end up seeing spending your time, and, and be be focused and, and and aware of that, aware of what your what your desired outcome of your your business is uh, before going before going into it. I think uh, you know a lot of people do trail runs and are, are inspired by it, but when, when you put them on, it's a, it's a different thing as well, and 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 you, it becomes a business, and it becomes something uh, that you've got to dedicate a lot of sort of administrative time and other time to and, and and you've got to be sure that you 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 open eye to that i think but um yeah if anyone going into the trail running business i would urge them to put the environment first and then very close second to that your participant experience and uh, that you know that's where uh, you know creating value for your participants okay just for interest sake how long does it take to put something like an otter trail together uh, otter trails next year's trail run which is now a year away started about three months ago wow yeah wow. <laughs> so it's not yeah. something that you can quickly put together in a month no no <laughs> look i think uh, you could probably put a trail run in your local uh you know park uh, or area together a lot quicker if you're clever and and you and you're a good organizer uh, but bigger, the bigger events will take a lot longer uh, when there's more at stake and more, more, more partners and more involvement. And especially when you're working in, in areas that are restricted and, and like, like South African National Park areas, you do need to, to get everyone. It takes a long time to get everyone on the same page. Mm-hmm. And mm. in terms of being involved with other types of sports, I know somewhere I saw something about 360 ball that you guys are also involved in. Do you think there is a market for new activities like that? I think, yeah, I think there's a, I mean, I think that the, the world is just so open to, to everything. I, but I don't think, you know, like 360 ball 
is a thing that we we haven't had uh, you know financial success at. Uh, on the contrary, it's been it's been a, one of the big big costings. We got a lot of acclaim for it, and it got a lot of coverage. And worldwide, we won awards for it. We won big awards in Germany and all sorts of things. But as a business, it it hasn't been a success at all. So, um, you know, uh, I, and, I, and I don't I don't think it's necessary because of the, that there's the idea was wrong or because that there's not a a, a space for it. I, I I think it's because we did it wrong. You know, we we made the incorrect decisions and we went the wrong way, which which happens that that happens in in business. But I think there's definitely scope for for new ideas. I mean, uh, heaven forbid we ever live in a world where there are no new ideas and there's no scope for them. Okay. So if you have to start 360 ball all over again, what would you change? I would keep it very simple. Um, you know, our, our focus was on producing the best game possible. So we wanted to take it to where it would be comparable to a sport like tennis instead of uh, something that people could take to the beach and play anywhere and, and everywhere. Uh, that should have been our focus is is the mobility of it. So um, these Americans came up with a with a similar concept after us, and and they've turned it into a sort of a billion dollar industry or billion dollar company. Wow. Um, uh, the same sort of 360 ball, and that that was their focus. So their game is not comparable to our game on any level, but that it's their their equipment is a fraction of the cost of our equipment, and and people can take it and set it up anywhere. So that was the that was obviously the key that we we didn't realize. Mm-hmm. But you know that now. I know that now. And you wouldn't make changes to it and relaunch it. You know, my focus, as I said, is I, I want to spend more time, uh, you know, making a difference in 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 the wilderness and and to things that are, are really important to me. I, I had great fun uh, coming up with new ideas and new sports and that, you know, it's it's that's that's a big part of our nature. You know, trying to think of ways of doing things that are completely different. That's a big thing. So it's great fun. But uh, I, I sort of want to channel that more more into, you know, the things that are really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. It does definitely make sense. Just final parting words for our entrepreneurs out there in general. Any wise words? Um, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I've learned it's, it's, it's a journey. Um, you know, um, the... There are times where you know you see you feel like you you're doing everything right and you can't do anything wrong and, and you're on the on the right track and then suddenly something you didn't see comes along and suddenly you're on the wrong track again and then for a long time it feels like the world's against you and then sooner or later you're suddenly up and riding again and and heading in the right track. Uh, I think it's a journey to, to 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 I would say just try always to have perspective, um, take a step back. Um, they're things that you're going to believe strongly in, but you must always have the courage to question your beliefs and always not necessarily listen to other people's, you know, take other people's advice, but always be open to it. Um, you know, not not every advice, all the advice you get is applicable, but but there's certainly some things you can learn. And and certainly if you can have another way of looking at things, you get so stuck at your own, in your own perspective of, of the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, Absolutely. And it can, it's not always right. <laughs> And I suppose just keep on moving. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. Keep, keep moving forward. Mm. The worst, yeah, you're, you're only really in a hole when you stop moving. Mm. 